Praise the Lord. I want to preach to you today, and um, this is just heavy on my heart. And, and, and you know, you, you preach a lot of times from life situations and, and what you're dealing with. You live your life in that moment, whatever's going on in your life. I, if it's on construction, you, you do that. If you're having, uh, uh, it, it doesn't matter what it is. You're living your life that day, and you're dealing with that situation, right? Is anybody like that? I had good days and bad days in construction. But we teach and preach a lot of times from what we know, what's happened in our life. And this week, there's been some things that's been uh, come into my life and made me aware of some different things. And, and I just felt like this is not what I wanted to preach, but this is what I feel like God called me to preach. It is, but I snuck some of what I wanted to preach in here, too. I love preaching about God's love. We talked about it in Sunday school a little bit today. God's love, his loving kindness. I love talking about God's love. Human love is fading. They'll love you today and hate you today. That's the way it goes. Like, Man, I got a buddy, and a couple hours later, no, you don't. They, they don't like you anymore. I felt like God dealing with me that, with this subject. How many remember the movie franchise Back to the Future? Seen the movies? Pretty good movies. If you haven't watched the movies, I'm, I'm going to give you just a, a brief uh, overview of this. They're about a scientist, Emmett Brown, or Doc is what they call him on the show, that invents a way to travel back in time. Don't you wish you had a DeLorean that would go back in time? That would be fun, right? With the help of his friend, Marty McFly, Doc travels back in time to repair some damage from the past. By traveling to the past, they can right the wrongs that have taken place. I would love to go to the past and right some wrongs. That would be awesome. But in reality, here in the real world, there are things that are done every day that can't be reversed, can't be fixed, can't be changed. How many knows you can't buy a DeLorean, fix it up, and put a flux capacitor in there and go back in the future or back back in time? The other day, Dad's air conditioner went out, and they said a capacitor went out. And I was like, I couldn't remember that. The, the heat and air guy said, well, a capacitor went out. I was like, a flux capacitor. Yeah, I can remember that. So dad asked me, he said, what was wrong with the air conditioner? The flux capacitor went out. I said, you're not going back in time. Don't worry about it. That's all I could remember about it. In today's modern society, and especially here in America, we see people trying to destroy history of days gone past. Days that's already past us. Do you know, 8 o'clock this morning is history. Each minute we breathe, history is following us. And you can't change. If you eat something bad last night before you went to bed, you can't change it now. If you had them cookies and milk and you knew you wasn't supposed to have that on your diet, you can't change it now. 
It's called history for a reason. We see people here in America now, they're trying to destroy monuments so they can erase history. It still happened. Destroy all the monuments you want to do. It still happened. You can't go back in time and fix them things. You, you know what? The Bible says history's going to repeat itself. But you know what? My, my parents taught me is live and learn. <laughs> you did something wrong. It didn't work. How many times Edison they creating the light bulb? He said, failed all these times. And they said, oh, no, I didn't fail. He said, I just figured out X amount of times it takes to. Well, history. Good, bad, ugly. Yesterday is gone and never to be revisited again. You have a video for me up there? Let's see it. Great Scott. I don't know who Scott is, but he's great. Whether we're talking about our life's history or our nation's history, we can't change it no matter how hard we try. Absolutely cannot change history. But we can go forward and do better. Right? Let me ask you this. How many would go back to the past and correct your younger self and change some things about your life. Let me, let me see your hands if you would do that. I'm telling you, if you don't have your hands up, you're either dishonest or you just you, you think too highly of yourself. It didn't go that perfect for you. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I would definitely go back. I would correct mistakes. I would treat people better. I would spend my money wiser. I've told you it before, and I haven't mentioned it in a while, but it still bugs me. Earlier this year, I believe it was in February or March, I ordered a baseball hat online. This hat was cool. It was a cardinal hat, and I, I love the baseball cardinals. It was cool. I ordered it. I felt checked in my spirit not to, not to do it. But I thought, it's only 20 bucks or 25 bucks. I, I want this hat. But it was from China. And I know a lot of things come from China. It's fine. But I, I knew better. It still hasn't come in, Jacqueline. And I thought about it again yesterday. I was like, man, if I could go back, I would not spend that 20 I could spend that 25 bucks on Shelly Tuesday. Sorry about that. <laughs> well, I would try to position myself not to be hurt. And hopefully never hurt others. All, them bicycle, all the bicycle wrecks I had, I would go back the day before and fix them. Okay. I had this orange bicycle with a, a, a tan banana seat. And my, my cousin come over and he said, I've got forks for this bicycle. Now, this is not a dirt bike. This is just a wreck. This is a girl's bike without a basket, basically is what it is. 
And he said, I have these forks. We can make it into a chopper. I was like, cool. I'm down with the chopper. And so what did they do? We take the front wheel off. And, and it's just a tube. He didn't have any way of bolting them forks on. So we just stuck two more forks up there. And then bolted the tire to the bottom of them forks. And who doesn't ride a chopper you don't jump ramps? I got a big old run at this ramp. I'm riding fast. As fast as my pudgy little legs would go. I'm pedaling hard. I hit that ramp and, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm 20 feet in the air. It's slow motion. And I look down and I see my tire go... It was an accident of ignorance. I wish I could go back and change. It hurt. I'll put it that way. All the fights I started, I could change them all. I'm not sure I would, though, but I could. I could go back and change them all. That, that would be probably something I would do. All the embarrassing things that I've said wouldn't happen. They happen sometimes right here in the pulpit, and I wish I could go back and take them back. All the times I disappointed my parents, my wife, my children, would all be fixed if I could go back in the past. They would love me even more if I could go back in the past and fix it. But then I began to think about Jesus. Hallelujah. I think about my heavenly father. If I could just go back and not do the things that disappointed my God. Have you ever disappointed God? Be honest with me. Have you ever disappointed him? If I could go back and just fix all the times. All the times I failed him. The title of my sermon today is there are no do-overs. You're thinking, well, Pastor, wait a minute. We, we can go to God. We can... History's in the past. I can't go back and change it. There are no do-overs. Aren't you glad that God forgives our past? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If I could go back to the day I was born again and start there and never fail God, wouldn't that be awesome? Never sin again. You know, the Bible doesn't say that we have to sin again. But we're in this human nature, and we do. Doesn't say we have to, but sometimes we do. I feel like if I'd never sinned, after I was saved, if I'd never sinned again, God would love me more. That's, that's really what it is. When you fail somebody, you want to fix it because you love them. All right, you're tracking with me. You love them, so you want to fix it. So you go back, you ask for forgiveness. But if you never had them failures, well, God would just love me more, wouldn't he? No. God loves you right now with everything he has. He cares about you. He wants the very best for you. 
right now, whether you're a saint or a sinner, it doesn't change his love. Hallelujah. I told this to the Sunday school class today. I remember a time when one of my boys was real young, and I said something real harsh to him. He didn't reply to me. He just looked at me. I crushed his spirit. I wish I could go back and take that day back. You know, sometimes, I'll just be honest with you, I'm a pastor who believes in spanking your kids. <laughs> Not me spanking your kids. You spanking your kids, and I'll spank mine. Okay? <laughs> Don't bring me your kids. I'm not spanking them. I hope I've given my last spanking. I've got a 13-year-old as my youngest. Sometimes the 29-year-old still needs one, but we hope we're past the spanking part. And the, what they keep telling me about grandkids, we have one on the way in October. I'll never have to spank it because it's going to be perfect. That's what I heard. They're grand. I was told that again yesterday. Well, yesterday was a day we memorialized Sister Veneta's sister, Leveda. She passed away. She lived 87 years. and I don't know, Sister Veneta, she may have come out of the womb a Christian. You, you girls... Uh, you and Sister uh, Leveda, just two of the most powerful uh, women of God that I know. And yesterday, they laid Sister Leveda to rest. And I told you, you live life and, and, and what's happening in your life. So I attended the funeral yesterday. And it inspired me. And I feel like this is what God wanted me to preach Well, I sat there yesterday, the pastor began to preach a very familiar sermon using these scriptures in the book of James. If you'd stand with me, I want to read these scriptures. In honoring God's word, James chapter 4, verse number 13, I'm in the New King James Version. It says, come now, you, uh, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go and do such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow? For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. I want to preach for just a few minutes. I'm, I'm literally on page three already, and I only have seven pages. If you see, my words are like this big, so I can see them. So it's not going to take very long, and then we're going to go into a time of worship. I want you to pray. You pray for me, and I'm going to pray for you, that God's word and his will is going to be accomplished in these next few minutes. Father... I thank you, Lord, that we have the opportunity to live in America and come and worship you in spirit and in truth today. I ask you, Lord, right now, let the seed of the word go down deep in, into the heart of man. God, that we hear your word, that we obey your word, we let the word of God grow in us. God, I'm asking you to anoint me with the power of the Holy Ghost to speak your word in boldness. Let us, Lord, look to you today for our help. 
God, I'm asking you, Lord, right now to anoint my lips of clay. Lord, that I don't speak anything of myself, but I speak what you would have me to speak. I pray that we receive this word, this manna. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. I want you to notice in verse 14, it says, You don't know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. I've been mentioning over and over and over about going into our past and fixing things. You don't know how much time you have. The Bible says it's like a vapor or a mist, and then it's gone. Proverbs 27 and 1 says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. Yesterday hit me hard. It did. It hit me hard. There are no do-overs. Sister Leveda lived her life for God. She didn't get any do-overs. When she made mistakes, she made it right. She made it right with God. There are no doers. You can't go back and just take it away. How many know, though, you can go to a loving Heavenly Father? Amen. You can repent. You can repent. You know, repent's not a cuss word. I just, I tell you, it's not a cuss word. And it's good for the sinner and the saint. Amen. The preacher said yesterday, we're all destined for the graveyard. And we're right. He's right. We're all going to end up in a graveyard. Listen to this. Hebrews 9.27 says, And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. Pastor, what's that saying? You have an appointment with death. Wow, Pastor, that's morbid on a Sunday morning. This is supposed to be an exciting and joyous service. We're supposed to be praising the Lord. Shout to the Lord. I'm telling you, this is not what I wanted to preach. This is what God had me preach today. I want you to get it in your spirit. You have limited time here on earth. You can't go back and fix things. Oh, you may be able to go back and, and, and repent to someone, and, and, but you can't take back what you said. You, know, you get in an argument with somebody, you say some words you wish you had never spoke to them. As a kid growing up, I had four siblings. As an old man, I still have four siblings, but anyhow, growing up, they'd make me so mad. I'd say, I hate you. I hate you. Of course, I couldn't say that in front of my mom and dad, but then they'd go tell on me. I'd get in trouble. I, I need to go back to the past and change these things. But now, as an adult, I wish so bad. I don't get to see my, my, my siblings very often. I wish so bad I'd never uttered them words. But I can't go back. All I can do is live my life from today forward. There are no do-overs. On each and every tombstone, there's a beginning date and there's an ending date. But there's always a dash in between. Pastor said yesterday, that dash represents your life. The day you were born, the dash, the day your life ended, the dash represents your life. That dash represents your life. However long you may live, that dash represents your life. All the days we did good, all the days we did bad, 
That dash represents our life. Well, the days we helped others, we gave to the homeless, we took care of the widows and the orphans. I remember not too long ago, we were down in Little Rock feeding the hungry, passing out clothes. All them good days, it's going to be right there in your dash. It's also the bad days are going to be there too. The bad days are going to be there too. Matthew 28, 19 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Them are words from Jesus. That dash should represent what we did for the Lord. How many know what the Great Commission is? I just read it to you. That's your Great Commission. The dash represents everything you did in your life. How did you spend your time that God allotted to you? I preached about that Wednesday night a little bit. What are we doing with our time? How are we spending our time? Every one of us is going to stand before God one day and give an account for our life and how we lived our life. We're going to answer for that dash between the years we lived. It hit me hard yesterday. There's no do-overs. And that tombstone, that that little dash is going to represent what I did. Don't get me wrong. God forgives sinners. Amen. Aren't you glad God forgives sinners? I'm glad God forgives saints too. (laughs) Amen. But the lost opportunities will probably never come back to us. The years that are in the past, we'll never get them back. The opportunity to witness to that random stranger. There's been time after time in my life where I felt like I had to, I had to talk to that guy. And I was like, oh, I don't want to bother him. Keep on going. When the Holy Spirit was nudging me, talk to him. Talk to him. Talk to him. Yesterday we had a blast out here. And me and Shelly, we got in the car and we just went over in some neighborhoods around here. And uh, started inviting people to come over and, and participate. And we had hot dogs, hamburgers, and um, water blow-ups and everything out here for people to play with. And so we just invited everybody. But I had a chance to witness to people. And I was like, this is awesome. Now you're thinking, Drew, you're a stalker. <laughs> Shelly said, I feel weird rolling down the window and talking to these little kids. I said, <laughs> yeah, we, we should be feeling weird about that. We kept our distance so they didn't get scared, so didn't get afraid of us but we told them say hey there's there's food there's there's all sorts of things uh, snow cones and games and everything over here to play but it was a time to witness and I think to myself how many times did I miss that opportunity how many times in my dash have I missed God and not been able to talk with some there's some of these people I'll never see again never have that opportunity again I just want to give you some uh, thought-provoking scenarios today the opportunity to obey God the first time only happens once hear what I'm saying the opportunity to obey God it only happens the first time it only happens once if you obey God the second time well that was the second time it wasn't the first time I want obedience immediately from my boys right God wants obedience from his children the first time In our dash, are we being obedient 
to what God wants us to do. Let me ask you this. How many wants to be obedient to the voice of the Lord? You want to be obedient to God and do what he wants to do? Even when it goes against your will? Even when you don't want to do it? I don't want to take out the trash. I hate taking out the trash. That's what I heard from Taylor when he was five. I just try to create more trash. Get that back too. Get that back too. We're living in our dash. There are no do-overs. We get to decide how we spend our dash. We have control over how we spend our dash. Not cash, dash. We don't have control over many things in life. We don't get to decide who our parents are. How many would have picked better parents if you had the choice? You can be honest. They're not here. Or maybe they are. Shelly's mom and dad's here. She can't raise her hand at all. So, My mom and dad's not here. So, I could, no. By the way, it is so glad to have Reverend and Mrs. Hall from Tulsa, Oklahoma, sitting back here. Bless you, Brother Danny and Sue. Would you give them a big hand? They're no strangers to TFT. Glad to have them here today. But if we had the opportunity to have different parents, go back in the past. I don't want to be born in that family. I want to be born in another family. We don't get to change everything. You didn't get the choice of where you were born. I was born in a hospital in Pekin, Illinois. Would I change that? No, why do I care? I don't care. Some people would change that. I don't, I don't care. What about the time period you're living in? Would you change it? We don't get the opportunity to do that. Some people say, man, I'd love to live in the Old West. Right? I'd love to live in this time period or that time period. We don't get that choice. We don't even get the choice of what culture we're going to face from day to day. Guess what? We also don't get to decide on the dates on our tombstone. We don't know when our time on earth will be up. It could be today. It could be tomorrow. It could be next week, next year. Some of us in here, maybe not me even, I don't know, maybe decades from now. I told Shelly, I said, if I'm in a bad accident and I'm on life support and I can't do it, I'm going to be a vegetable the rest of my life. I said, keep me alive. I want to keep aggravating people. I want them to have to take care of me. Our lives are in God's hands. But there is one thing we have complete control over. And that's how we live our lives. How we live our lives, we have control over. In other words, how you're living your dash right now, you have control over. Now I'm going to get to the part where I, I love talking about. I want to talk about God's love for just a little bit. Did you know nothing can separate you from God's love? Nothing. Even when I fail God, he doesn't stop loving me. Even when we sin against God, he still loves you. Amen. We should be very excited about that and happy that he just doesn't throw us to the trash heap. 
Listen at this, Romans 8, 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors. Hallelujah. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. He loves you. He loves you. Praise the Lord. And I heard more than conquerors described this way one time. I work all week, I bring home a paycheck, I'm proud of that paycheck, it's mine, I've earned it, and then Shelly takes it from me, she's more than a conqueror. I conquered that work week, I earned that, she's more than a conqueror. Well, I was talking with the gentleman yesterday about the love of God and how Our imperfections don't dictate God's love for me and you. God's love doesn't hinge on the fact that you and I do everything perfectly. I mentioned how our children and how they disappoint us sometimes, but we still love them. All right, I've got to have parents to be honest with me. How many has a child? If you're a parent, you have a child. Question number two. How many have a child that's disappointed you before? Okay. How many has had all your children disappoint you at one time or another? Believe it or not, I've disappointed my parents too. Shelly's disappointed her parents. But guess what? Shelly's parents, my parents, and I'm sure most of your parents... They loved you in spite of yourself. They loved you even when you were in your addiction. They loved you even when you were doing the things that they were, you were taught not to do. When you were lying, cheating, stealing. Well, when we fail miserably, when we know to do good and we do it not, we know it's a sin. God still loves us. Now, don't get me wrong. There's penalties for sin. There's the principle of reaping what you sow. That doesn't mean God overlooks our sin. It doesn't mean that he doesn't care what we're doing. It's not a big deal. I'm a, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to boost you on into heaven. I, it does, no, we still have to qualify through Jesus. His blood applied to us. Forgiveness of our sins. That's how we qualify. Hallelujah. He simply loves us in spite of ourselves. He's a loving God that gently leads us and guides us. And I, I begin to think, of, and it wasn't even read yesterday, but I be, begin to remember Psalms 23. And, and I love Psalms 23. And if you haven't read it in a while, go back and read it again today. It's so deep. It's so meaty. You need to read it again. Psalms 23, though, is often quoted in times of trouble. It's found on funeral home memorial folders. 
In this psalm, it's a comfort in sorrow. But it's also a psalm whose truth should be, be in our lives every day. Every day, that psalm should be with us. Listen to what George Wood said. George Wood was the head of, of the Assemblies of God up there in Springfield. He said this about uh, Psalm 23. God personally interfaces with my life in the occupational role of shepherd, provider, guider, protector, healer, keeper, shearer, searcher, nurturer, and defender. When the Lord is our shepherd, we will not want. Our appetites and thirst for happiness, plenty, health, fulfilling relationships, and other things may prompt us to say, I want, I must have, and I cannot do without. But only the good shepherd can meet our deepest needs. That's what he said. I totally agree with him. I wish I had wrote that. I'm so happy that God's love for me is never ending. While I'm walking out my dash, while I'm doing, I can't go to the past. I, I can just go forward. And I'm walking out my dash. He still loves me even when I fail. It's because his love's never ending. Even when I'm living in my dash and I fail him, God still loves me. And guess what? He still loves you too. So, Pastor, you said there's no do-overs. Yes, that's what I said. I want all of us to realize that God has purpose for us. He has a plan for you and I to fulfill no matter how many times we fail him. Now, there's the next question. Have you failed God more than once? Yeah. Yeah. I would love to stand up here and say, no. I, I repented. I got saved. I've never failed God. I never failed God again. But it's not the truth. It's not the truth. I'm not sure exactly why God dealt with me to preach this way today. It's, it's even odd for me. I know somebody thinks, yeah, Drew, you're pretty odd, and we, we know that, but I feel that there are some people here today that have failed in different areas in their life that you would change, and you would go back and fix some things if you could, but there are no do-overs. We feel miserable when we fail God or sin against God. And we feel like there's no way God can still love us. But he does. It's the accuser of the brethren. It's your enemy. Satan, the devil, Lucifer, the serpent, the dragon. There's a bunch of names the Bible mentions. I don't want to give him any credit. He's the one accusing you. He's the one saying, God can't love you. You've been too bad. He's forgiven you already from so much, and you go right back to that same sin. God, help us. We need to understand the devil knows what works on you. That's why you keep going back to the same thing. Listen at this, Psalms 103 and 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. Hallelujah. He's a merciful God. He will not always strive with us. Nor will he keep his anger forever. 
He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west. (laughs) I got it right. East to the west. So far has he removed our transgressions from us. As far as the east is from the west, that's where your sin's gone to. When you ask for forgiveness, you know, I'm going to tell you something else. Some of the saints, they'll keep repenting for the same sin God's already forgive you for. He's sitting there wondering, what are, you, what are you talking about? If God says he's forgot about it, he's forgot about it. I'm closing. If you don't get anything else that I said here today, I want you to remember this. If you've fallen, get back up. If you've sinned, get back up. If you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, get back up. Pastor, it can't be that simple. It's that simple. God loves you. He cares for you. I can remember days when I was just on fire for God so, so big and, and so great. And I thought, man, I'm just about to step into heaven, Brother Scotty. This, God, I'm just so close to God right now. And the next thing you know, I fell into sin. And then I was like, Adam and Eve, I wanted to hide from God. I know he's disappointed in me. I, I, can't, stand, I can't bear it myself. I, I want to hide out from him. And, and all he's saying is, Come back to me. Get up. Not only is he just saying get up, he's helping you up. He will reach his hand down and save you. The enemy would love nothing more for the child of God to fail. Can I tell you, get back up. We can't go back. We can't undo it. There are no do-overs, but there's grace to get back up. There's mercy to get back up. There's love to get back up. You're more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. You're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. There's no do-overs, but God still loves you, and he'll take you from where you are and continue to love you and take you where you need to go. Guess what? He'll never bring up your past. He'll never bring up. Remember what you did. Once again, that's the accuser. That's your enemy. He's wanting to bring condemnation. The Lord will convict us. He'll show us where we're wrong. And all we have to do is step into that forgiveness and say, Father, forgive me. He shines a light on us. He lets us know. And you know what? He still loves us the same. Would you stand with me? I don't want us to wish to go back in time. I want us to live that dash right now to the best of our ability. James 4 and 8 says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. God's just saying, take a step towards me. See if I don't come running after you. We sing songs all the time. He's running after us. But the devil wants to say, no, you you did too many things wrong. There's no way God can love you. There's no way, you know, people's not going to forgive you. People's not going to. 
if you're dependent on people, you're already in trouble. You can do your very best, live your very best, give your very best. You can do everything your best, and there's still somebody that doesn't like you. Did I hurt your feelings? <laughs> how could they not? How many has ever seen it? Uh, everybody loves Raymond? You, you got the mama on there, and she thinks Raymond's just the greatest thing ever. I've seen several episodes where she says, how can they not love Raymond? People's not going to love you all the time, but God does. God loves us. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for today.